Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. So here we are. Uh, it's just Ziggy and I again. It is. Because uh, we have uh, Tom is traveling. He is. Uh, where is Tom going? Well, so uh, there's a rainbow that has a pot of gold. And Tom, being an Irishman, he wanted to get in touch with his Irish roots. And he was led by a, this, this, this little guy in the grass that he met. Yes. <laughs> Does, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. We're not going any further. Other than I hope that uh, Tom discovers a bowl of Lucky Charms yes. in his future. Uh, it sounds awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I think that would mean that Tom has been blinded by something. If he's, if this is the, if the foolish venture he's gone on. If he's left us. That's right. For those rainbows and that pot of gold. He's, he's, um, uh, he's blind. And so, speaking of that, let's transition to our topic. <laughs> let's, Spiritual blindness. That's right. Let's talk about blindness. Uh, it's interesting that uh, our readings for this particular uh, weekend in which this program is airing, um, essentially, I mean, we have uh, Bartimaeus. We have this yeah. little story here from the Gospel according to Mark in the 10th chapter. We'll read through that. Um, and it says, as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. Now, this this could be, uh, it's, it's miraculous. Oh, yeah. It's one of the many miracles that Jesus does in his, in his public ministry, right? Uh, and so it, it could have just as easily been um, giving the man an arm who had a withered arm or something. Sure. Or raising uh, the man's uh, uh, deceased uh, relative or child or something like that, you know, and, and doing him a, a solid by, you know, uh, healing somebody in his family. Right. And it could have been any number of things. But so often we see in the scriptures this idea of blindness, that That's blind true. people right come and they and they and they want to be healed now of course anybody with any kind of affliction would want to be healed i'm certain sure. but it's interesting that the that scriptures like to focus on blindness mm-hmm. and we can see more to that right get it see more to that ah. see said the blind man no so um so sam what do you think this this the significance of of Bartimaeus being blind is here, and how do we? How does that apply to our lives? Well, I think there's a lot of levels uh, that we should consider. And by the way, fun fact about Bartimaeus: his last name is Simpson. Bartimaeus Simpson? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Oh, oh, I really oh, oh. don't think so. In my translation, it's what it says. <laughs> yeah. You're reading the wrong translation. <laughs> I don't think it's church approved. Yeah, exactly uh, right. Yeah. Exactly right. So Bartimaeus is blind. Yes. And is that significant? Uh, very significant. I think that uh, we. First of all, the way in which we see ourselves and see others and see 
God. I think that you, you could say in a way that within the our our way of framing that and processing it's, right. it's what it's actually pointing to is our way of processing life, processing God, processing others. Right, right? and like, it, it, we can think in terms of Saint Thomas Aquinas. You know, he, his theology was rooted in a philosophical a philosophical realism, right? So it was, it's rooted in the senses and what we take in with our senses, right? But I think that for us, you know, light being the our you know giving uh, coming into our eyes and giving us an underst- a way of processing and seeing for many of us that's sort of your, your our fundamental sense, right? Yeah. And so I think that is. Uh, Largely, what it's pointing towards. And I think spiritual blindness can happen in a variety of ways. I think that concupiscence itself, you know, that's the skewed desires that we have, the skewed uh, desires of the flesh that we might have, our pride of life that we might have. But one of the forms of concupiscence specifically is concupiscence of the eyes. Right. You know, that's one of the, the, the guard, core. guard what goes into your eyes. Yes. What you allow, what you look at. Yes. Right. How often uh, when we fall, is it because we looked at something? Right. Right. Because it led us down the wrong path. Right. Yeah. Or when, if you look at St. John of the Cross, he talks about um, how, you know, the dark night of the senses, you're having to mortify your senses and you're having to check all the distractions that come in through the senses that throw off our way, our, our ability to see God and take in truth. And I think that that's partly it's a way of checking our spiritual blindness because of our distractibility yeah. as well. You know, and also it's interesting you were talking about the senses and and we, we take for granted as human beings our senses. We, right. we use them so often. And and also we take for granted or we don't really maybe always understand the importance of understanding that uh, Jesus is, I mean, our faith is incarnational. Yes. Right? That Jesus took on flesh, right? And then and when he rose from the dead, you know, his body was glorified. Right. Right? The ultimate goal. But he didn't get rid of his body. Right? right. He didn't turn into some spirit and like shed his terrible skin and and leave his body and become the true Jesus. So our senses actually are part of who we are. Yes. And so they become intricately important to us. And so that's why we have to guard what because they're essentially the conduit to our soul or yes. the connection between our soul and the outside world. Right? It's the senses that avail, that we are allowed to avail ourselves of that which is that, that surrounds us, right? So the very idea of who we are is connected to our senses. So that's why we have to guard. And that's why we see this idea of um, spiritual blindness being so devastating. And why the scriptures, I think, talk about blindness a lot. And how then, at the same time, we see that uh, Jesus is is portrayed as light. He even calls himself the light of the world, right? Right. and, And something struck me as you were talking about... Uh, Jesus being light and and uh, and blindness and things keeping us from seeing the light, and also if you stop and think about it, what is it that we fear? Right, we fear the unknown. We fear the things that we can't sense. Mm. Right, so so we fear the darkness. So if you're in the night, mm. right, and and all the scary stuff when when it's when it's Halloween night or whatever, and you're watching the scary movies, they rarely take place in the daytime. Sure, it's always the darkness, the dark of night, yeah. the dark of the house. the The electricity goes out, right? the 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 candle is snuffed out, you know, by the wind, and you and, and that's when it gets scary, right? 
And the opposite of being scared of the unknown and of fearing the the lurking demons and devil that might be in the darkness is Jesus the light, Mm. right? And so spiritual blindness is something where we essentially put ourselves or allow ourselves to be drawn into the darkness. Yes, and then when we're in that darkness, if we, we may, on one hand, physically see our fellow man, but if we're seeing them in accordance with the darkness, we're more likely to be filtering them through our fears. We're going to be more likely to objectify them. Uh, we're going to be more likely to... Uh, or fear them, for example, yeah. and what they may do to us. Right. And, and when I say objectify, I don't just mean sexually. I mean, I, Jesus, when he talks about uh, sexual objectification in the Sermon on the Mount, he uses the exact same language to talk about anger, you know, and, and in terms of, like, if you, if you, if you uh, um, have anger for somebody in your heart, if you lust for somebody in your heart, I think a lot of times there's a spiritual blindness that comes from, I'm going to reduce this person to the feelings that I have. Yeah. You know, and that comes from that darkness that we're trapped in. I want to talk about another uh, another little uh, uh, scriptural uh, passage here from the uh, Gospel of John uh, in chapter nine, and this is the the story of the man born blind. And it says this: As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works uh, of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. And then there's a whole another story about who healed you and how did that happen and all that kind of stuff. But again, we see all those same things we're talking about. We see a man in darkness and, and immediately, of course, all of the uh, disciples are asking him, you know, whose fault was this? Right. Because they see blindness. They, they did connect the physical senses and humanity to sins. Yes. Right. So when you had maladies, when you had issues, when you had health problems, when you had blindness, etc., it was because somebody sinned. Right. They were very literal about this. Who screwed up? Who messed right. up everything? Right. And so what you come to find out is that Je- and what, this is what I love about Jesus. When they say, who sinned, this man or his ancestors? And Jesus, whenever you give him A and B, he always gives you C. Right. And the C is like, it's neither. Yeah. It's so that it's so that essentially the works of God can be made visible. Again, able to be seen through him. If you look at it, you know, in his Sermon on the Mount, going back to that again, he talks about, you know, not keeping uh, your light under a bushel basket. Um, And, you know, in terms of, and he talks also about that which is in the darkness must be seen and brought into the light. Yes. Um, He talks about the people of God in John 3, about having a preference for the light as opposed to a preference for darkness. The, The other thing I think is relevant here in terms of the visible works of God and pointing again to what we were saying at the beginning that, yeah, we have five senses, but sort of our go-to default sense for those of us who are blessed to have all five senses we tend to think of sight as sort of that fundamental sense right yeah. and, um, and and like when john in his letter he talks about the faith he said he describes it in terms of the senses and i think the first one he says is 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 see you know that which we have seen that's what that right. which we have touched with our hands and one of the things that comes to mind is when our uh when the apostles and the founders of the church were were uh, you know, post Pentecost, 
preaching Jesus. They were preaching what they saw. They were preaching, you know, they saw Jesus walk among them. They saw him crucified. They saw him resurrected. And yes, I mean, other senses are relevant as well. Like Thomas felt the wounds and, and, right. and things like that. But again, it's, it's, they took in with their eyes the works of God. And that continues, as you were saying, with an incarnational face, faith. Fast forward 2,000 years, even today, throughout the whole 2,000-year history of the church, the Holy Spirit has been incarnating Christ in others, in the church, in salvation history. And we are able, if we ask God to remove our blindness, to give us eyes to see what he's doing yes, around amen. us. Yeah, exactly. And again... Um, th- this one I just read from um, uh, John chapter nine is is also key in in this discussion because talking about incarnational uh, faith, um, look at what happens in in this. What what does Jesus do after he kind of explains that he's the light of the world? The next thing he does is he spits on the ground, yeah, and he makes clay with his saliva. Mm. Now that in and of itself might be some people are going like that's gross. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? It's a holy kind of gross. But most importantly, if you ask somebody, like, well, why did he do that? Well, to heal the man. Okay, good. So Jesus is God. Why didn't Jesus just will that the man could see? And that will stump some people. I don't know. Well, you know, if you view this from the the lens of a Catholic, you start to see immediately that what Jesus was doing, being the consummate teacher... He was teaching us about sacraments. Mm. He was helping us to see the sacramental aspect of healing. And so what he what so he could have just willed that the man would see. The he, man born blind. But he created an efficacious sign with the clay. An outward sign that you could make take something of the earth. Yes. And that you could bless that thing. So his spittle essentially yes. yeah. bless, like the like the words of consecration over the bread and the wine. Yeah. Right? That right there. You take something of the earth that was created by God to be good, even though it's been it's fallen and part of fallen nature. Mm. That blessing essentially brings it right to where it's supposed to be, and then wow. God is uh, basically His divine life is poured into that. So there is His actual divine life grace is poured into that sacrament, and what ends up happening is the sacrament then heals through the power of God. Mm. And so it's what brings us. So if you're talking about the remedy for spiritual blindness, it's the sacraments. Jesus mm. taught us that, right? And so we need to understand that when we are when we sense that we're in spiritual blindness or if we're refusing to listen to somebody who's telling us yeah. that we're, we're s- struggling with spiritual blindness or even if we sense that like there's something amiss, something right. wrong, I'm missing something, Usually when you stop and think about it, it's like, that must be spiritual blindness. I can't see what I'm supposed to be seeing. And I think also having eyes to see what God's doing in our lives is huge because a lot of times when we get caught up in our own selfishness, in our own fears, when we cave in on ourselves and we're not, and all we're focusing on is, gee, this suffering that I'm going through is terrible, for example, you know, and we're, we're, we lack or we feel we're at a place where we're lacking perspective on our suffering and it just seems meaningless and it just seems awful and it seems unending and it just doesn't make sense. 
Well, one of the things that God can do is, you know, he's not always going to end our sufferings. You know, there are yeah. people who God, sometimes God sanctifies our sufferings and people have been brought to sainthood uh, through all sorts of sufferings, including physical sufferings. But one thing that grace can do, and this goes back to this notion of spiritual sight, is he can give us eyes to see our sufferings and the trials that we're going through, the losses that we are experiencing with his eyes. You know, we can, we can, you know, I think that when God first enters, when we first enter the spiritual life, you know, uh, you know, we're receiving Christ in us where the Holy Spirit's being formed in us. And you could say that maybe like there's some, there's an element there where God is, is seeing things through our eyes and there's yeah. a beauty there. And that's just cause he loves us so much uh, love desires intimacy. Love desires being able to kind of see. I want to see and feel what you're going through along with you because I love you that much. But then as we grow in the spiritual life, we can come to see with God's eyes and come to think with God's mind and come to process life and our sufferings and the worst possible things that befall us grounded in trust in his goodness being bigger than all the badness that's around yeah. us. Amen. Uh, so here's here's a question people are probably thinking right now. Um, you know, it's, it's always a travesty when someone's blind. It's a travesty when someone ha- doesn't have the use of their arms or legs or something like that. These are, these are travesties. These are bad situations. And a lot of times, just like the, 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 the disciples of Jesus' time, is it whose fault is it, right? right. And so if we're, if we're translating that into spiritual blindness, we're talking about spiritual blindness, I ask this question uh, sort of rhetorically, but is spiritual blindness your fault? Mm. Well, yeah. I think, well, so what causes spiritual blindness? Where, where does it come from? Well, you know, we're all born with original sin. Right, so we're all. Uh, it's going to be real awkward when we run into Adam and Eve in heaven. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Oh, but 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 no, no, Felix Culpa. Felix, yes, right? Oh, yes. happy fault. Oh, happy He's going to be like, yes. you can thank me later. <laughs> you know, you can thank me later because I mean, we are. Oh, happy fault that that gave to us so, so great a savior. Right, right, right. So, so but there's a so there's original sin that obviously has uh, uh, a lot to do with it. But then there's also. Well, what, ca- what, 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 what was the result of original sin for us, right? So there's a fancy word, you know, we've used it already in this show, but a big, long, fancy word. Oh, concupiscence. Yeah, yes, right. Yes. It has nothing to do with Cupid, by the way. <laughs> nothing, it is an arrow that's shot into our, our rear end, you know, right. but it's not a good one. So there's right? concupiscence, including concupiscence of the eyes, including that's right. that directly. That's right. um, and and yeah, and so I think if you're going to point, if you want to give a, the the most straightforward answer, there it is, right yeah. there. <laughs> right. So concupiscence is something that that came to us as a result of original sin. I mean, it's the ripple effect. Yeah. Right. So when the pebble gets thrown into the still sea and there's not a wave there, boom! All of a sudden, that ripple and it goes out ever for eternity and keeps going outward. And essentially, that's that's our uh, our draw to to sinful. Self, right? To, to it's it's our desire for sin, and and there might be some uh, of our listeners who don't know what about who don't know that term, and I believe it's John in his letters who who talks about the threefold concupiscence of concupiscence of the eyes, concupiscence of the of the mind, and and pride of life, yeah. right? And and that those are the, the the from the result of the fall, right? And we see that in the in the story of Adam and Eve 
when they're looking at the fruit, it's pleasing to the eyes, it's good for wisdom, and it can make me like a god. Um, and so those are the that's the threefold concupiscence. So the things that we uh, that we encounter willingly with our senses that actually lead us because there's a there's a uh, there's a desire that's sparked by those things. Yes, right. And it's 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 the eyes, but then you know the hands. It's the it's what we eat. It's all. It's what we. Oh, it's ingest. the flesh. I said concupiscence of the mind. That was wrong. I apologize. I hope heresy alert. No, it's concupiscence of the eyes, concupiscence of the, of the flesh, flesh, and then pride of life. So uh, yeah, anyone who wants to report me to uh, the the doctrine of the faith, the congregation of the doctrine of the faith, you know, just be nice when you write the letter. You're, you're going to get a letter. <laughs> No, I and, caught it though. I caught it. All right, but but the point is, um, what you know, garbage in, garbage out. Yes, right. It, we we get corrupted in that way, right? But Jesus also pointed out that that corruption doesn't come from without; it comes from within. Yes. So essentially, what happens is that we have a fallen nature, right. and when that corrupted stuff, that garbage comes in, it finds a home, right? Right in in that sort of fallen nature. The concupiscence essentially takes over, yeah, and then you know Satan wins, right? In that in that moment, right, right. So and that leads to their consequences are spiritual blindness. It's not always your fault, right? I guess I want to get to that and answer that question. Yeah, a lot of it is what we bring in, what we allow, what we pursue, what we find uh, pleasure in, et cetera, et cetera, and how we treat our flesh and all these things, and it builds and it's bad. Right? right, but it's not always. Sometimes things befall us, right? Um, and so temptation is always there. Yeah, right. And that's why temptation is not a sin. Giving in to temptation is a sin, right? That yeah. part's our fault, right? So, but the thing is, don't get caught up in whose fault it is, right? You don't want to spend all your time wondering why you got sick if it's a right. physical illness. You just want to get better, right? And so the real answer here. The real thing we need to discuss, I guess, the focal point is how can you see again with quotes around see? How is it that you eliminate spiritual blindness? Right. Right. Where do you go? Because we and we've and there's some things that are obvious. Right. Right. So shut off the bad influences. Sure. Right. But ultimately, the only way that you're going to see again, the only way that you're going to eliminate spiritual blindness is the same way in which every one of these stories in which that person is able to see again. Right, or that person is raised from the dead, or that person is healed. Right, the only way that takes place is with Jesus Christ. Yes, and that's that's first. That's the only answer. Right, and so it's not a self help program. It's not uh, twelve steps of some program, which those are good things. I'm not saying they're yes. bad. So don't stop your twelve steps. Don't stop those kinds of things, and don't stop meeting with these groups and say, "Well, Deacon Jeff said I don't do this anymore." I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the ultimate goal of those things. Essentially, is to lead you to Jesus. Even the, the you know the things that like in AA, when people go through that, they know they're they're talking about a higher power, right? We that's that's code for Jesus Christ. We we know what that means, right? We know having a relationship with God, having a relationship with Jesus, is the only way to essentially have your spiritual blindness healed. Well, and having letting Jesus be the Alpha and Omega of your life. I mean, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, right? And you know what I mean by that is. We have to first focus on letting him be the beginning of how we process things, but also 
the end of how we process yeah. things. And uh, that can be a hard thing to do. Although Paul, he specifically tells us, I think it's in Corinthians, you know, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You know, really focus on uh, asking God to give guidance of, Lord, help me see this in the way you want me to see it. Help me see this person in the way you want me to see. Help me see myself. A lot of us, we struggle with uh, self-esteem type issues because it's impossible to see ourselves in the way uh, uh, in the light of God's love, perfect love for us. You know, Lord, heal my sight towards me and uh, give me the grace to forgive myself and accept myself in the way that you forgive and you accept me. You know, you said those things, and the reason why I know those are 100% true is because of essentially Mark's gospel here, this uh, chapter 10 that we talked about with Bartimaeus. I mean, that's the way the gospel reading ends. Essentially, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Right? So Jesus is asking you, listening right now, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. And your response is the same thing that Bartimaeus should say. You, you need to say, Master, I want to see. Wow, yeah. That's your prayer. Your prayer is, Master, I want to see. Jesus, I want to see. Help me to see. Help me to see how I'm supposed to look at others. Help me to see how am I supposed to treat my wife. Help me to see uh, what is my relationship with my boss at work. Um, Help me to see why I have this malady, this illness, that I'm struggling, why I'm bearing this cross. Help me to see. Master, I want to see. Right. Help me see who I am. Amen. And, and, and at the end of the, the, the day, at the end of that, that discourse, that discussion with Jesus, what you want to hear, what you want to hear is what he told Bartimaeus when he says, go your way, your faith has saved you. So when you pour yourself out at the foot of the cross, when, when, you, when you pray to Jesus and you say, Master, I want to see, give me clarity. Help me to know what you're asking of me. Help me to know what I need to, to, to do. To Help me to see the truth, right? When you say that in earnest and you're totally open and you're totally vulnerable, that's when the Holy Spirit is going to heal you. Mm. That's when Jesus is going to heal you, right? That's when God's going to come into your life and heal you. And he's going to say, go your way. Mm. Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Your faith in me, your faith in Jesus Christ has saved you. That's, that's the answer to spiritual blindness. That's we're all called. We're all called to that, every one of us. And let's, let's not beat around the bush. Every one of us has fallen and will continue to fall. Yep. And the only way that we're going to be uh, healed of this spiritual blindness that all of us from time to time experience, some worse than others, granted, the only way that's healed is through Jesus Christ, mm. right? Seeing Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the be all in all. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Amen. And you know what? His mother is going to lead us closer to him. And that's why we ask for Mary's intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God. God. Pray Pray for for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. 
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.